Hello, people. This is episode 35 of The Modern Recordist. And again, another back-to-back edition of The Producer's Notes. This is the podcast where we talk all about designing and living your life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we sit down with musicians, songwriters, artists, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to learn exactly what we have to do and who we have to be to create meaning and live out our artistic visions. I'm your host, John Stinson, a Nashville-based producer, recording engineer, and mixing engineer, and a collector of experiences, a lifelong learner, a lifelong teacher, and an artistic visionary in my own right. And I welcome you to episode 35 of The Modern Recordist and another edition of The Producer's Notes. These are typically the alternate episodes of the podcast where I rap solo on the mic for a bit, but for the entire month of January 2016, we're focusing entirely on the producer's notes episodes and drilling in specifically on some recording topics. Last week, I pulled something from my Recording Drums 101 resource, recording drums with just two microphones using the Brendan O'Brien technique. And this week, I'm going to pull something else from my Recording Drums 101 resource. Again, a technique for recording drums with just two microphones, but this time, I'm going to talk about the famous Recorder Man drum miking technique. But, real quick, before I get into the rest of the episode, I want to clue you in on this Recording Drums 101 resource. Not too long ago... I noticed how much people were getting overwhelmed and confused and bogged down with recording drums. Artists and songwriters who were just getting into recording as a way to demo their ideas were getting so derailed from their creative process while trying to figure out how to get the drums recorded that they weren't able to finish their ideas and they weren't actually creating any music. And I also kept running into some recording engineers who had picked up some bad habits and such, and there was a whole lot of frustration around this whole uh, pursuit of recording drums. So I decided to put together a free resource called Recording Drums 101, a home studio guide for pro-sounding drums, and offer that on my website at johnstinson.com. Recording Drums 101 is a collection of drum miking setups, as well as a good chunk of supporting information that will make your drum recording sound amazing. This is all stuff I learned from working with and studying some of the greatest recording engineers in the record making business during my more than 10 years working with a whole bunch of different people and at different studios, some home studios and even a whole bunch of, of the bigger, more extravagant compounds that you can find out there. The idea is to give you only the exact info that you need and all the details on exactly how to set it all up so that you can simply plug and play and keep your mind in the creative zone. You don't need to worry about all the technical stuff that goes into recording. You need to keep your mind focused on creating music, and this free resource on creating drums will help you do just that. So that's where today's podcast topic comes from, 
as well as last week's episode. To read more in-depth about these drum recording setups, hear some audio, see some pictures, and learn some of the supporting stuff around recording great drums like tuning the drums and how to get punchy and powerful recordings, go check out Recording Drums 101, a home studio guide for pro-sounding drums on my website at johnstinton.com. That's J-O-N-S-T-I-N-S-O-N.com. Just remember, there's no H in John. Just scroll down on the front page a little bit and click the big Recording Drums 101 graphic. While on that resource page, go ahead and subscribe to my email list using any of the forms that are on that page. I'll send you tons more tips on uh, recording and resources on recording so that you can keep your focus on creating great music. Okay, onwards to the show, where the Brendan O'Brien technique from the last episode is a setup that ultimately yields a mono drum sound in the final mix. The recorder man technique is meant to give the drums a wider spectrum in the stereo field. So that means we need to define what left and right is. There's drums that are that are arranged from the audience perspective in the stereo field. And then there's also going with the option of arranging drums such that they show up from the drummer's perspective. And I personally like to mix in a way that gives the listener the perspective that they are in the audience. So that means we're going to define left and right in terms of the audience perspective. More on this in a minute. Let's just go ahead and uh, for now talk about how exactly to set up the mics for the recorder man technique. Let's start by placing a mic directly over the snare drum, about two drumsticks high from the snare drum. That ends up being about 40 inches or so in height. And point this mic straight down at the snare. So you can place your drumsticks end to end from the top head of the snare drum and that's how high the microphone should be. Let's call this mic drum mic two because A, I'm weird and do things a little bit backwards and B, it's really all gonna make sense in a minute when getting organized in your recording software. Next, position another mic by the proximity of the floor tom uh, or the, the ride cymbal side of the kit behind the kit and over the drummer's shoulder and point it at the snare drum as well. Again, take your drumsticks end to end from the snare drum, but angle them from the drum head to the mic you just set up. To continue on our backwards weirdness, let's call this microphone Drums Mic 2. We want to make sure both mics should be the same distance from the kick drum and the snare drum. So we're going to dial this in a little bit more. Go grab a loose mic cable that's hanging around your recording space and hold or tape one end to the kick drum where the beater makes contact with the head. Pinch the cable at the point where it makes contact with the mic that's positioned over the snare. Hold that position and then tape the other end of the cable at the place where it makes contact with the top head of the snare drum. So you, you should now have a sort of triangle shape made out of the mic cable. So from the kick drum 
up to the mic, pinched there, and then held there, and then down to the top head of the snare drum, if you follow what I mean. And it makes like a triangle shape. Um, so move. At this point, you want to make sure that both mics are all equal distant. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to move the top point of this triangle, the part that you have pinched, back and forth to each mic to make sure all mics are equal distant from the kick and snare. It's important that both mics are the same distance from the kick and snare. Otherwise, you're going to end up with some phase problems. And I, I really don't want you to worry too much about what phase is right now. Just know that it's an issue that can cause your recordings to sound weak and thin. But if you've taken a moment to measure things out, as I've described, this should eliminate any potential phase problems. And you should all be set at this point. So get your mics all plugged up and into your computer and recording software and the track's arm so that you can hear the mics. Hopefully you're all set up on how to do this as far as mic pre's and audio interfaces and things like that, as that's not really something I want to get into on this particular episode. But once you get that set up in your recording software, go ahead and name one track drum mic one and the other track drum mic two. Now, remember a few minutes ago when I was talking about audience perspective and drummer's perspective, and then I got all weird by naming the mics backwards from the way that we set them up. Well, now it's all going to hopefully make a little more sense, at least as much sense as John Stinson's weird backwards world makes to you. So for the track that you just set up in your recording software named Drum Mic 1, make, make sure that the microphone that is over the drummer's shoulder, the second mic that we actually set up, it's patched into this track. This mic is going to be the left side of the drum kit as it relates to listening to things from the audience perspective in the stereo field. So you can pan this track to the left. Then, for the track that's labeled drum mic two, make sure the microphone that is positioned directly over the snare drum is patched into this track. If you remember, this is actually the first mic we set up in this whole process. This will be the right side of the drum kit as it relates to listening to things from the audience perspective. And you can go ahead and pan this track to the right. Now have your drummer play and listen to things, how things sound. And if you're the one that's going to be playing drums, you can just hit record and then go play some stuff yourself. Most likely you're all set. When listening, if you feel the drums sound like drums and you have a, a good and full-bodied recording, then you're ready to rock. But if something feels a little bit off, then perhaps you need to recheck and remeasure the mics using the method that I explained to dial things in a little. Uh, but do make sure that you go listen to the drums in the actual room that you're going to be recording them in first. If they sound good in that room, but don't sound good in your recording software, it's likely a phase problem or something in your signal path that's causing an issue. And you can eliminate any phase issues by measuring things out, as I explained. But if you go out into the room and the drums still don't sound good, it's very, very likely that it has to do with the drums themselves. At that point, you will need to play around with some things like tuning or dampening or whatever else 
so that you can dial things into a sound that's closer to what you're looking for. I'll probably do another episode that drills into those kinds of things in the future, but for now I wanna keep the focus of this episode on just the Recorder Man microphone technique. So the last thing I'll mention in regards to this microphone technique is microphone choices. As I mentioned in episode 34, a lot of times I reach for the good old trusty 57 for things like this. So start with whatever you have available in your studio. And then as you gain experience, maybe think about venturing out and experimenting with ways to tweak this setup and make it your own. But the most important thing, and my whole intention behind the Recording Drums 101 resource and philosophy, is to stay in the creative zone. In fact, that's really my philosophy as it pertains to recording and producing and making records in general. Stay in the creative zone. So anytime you're getting bogged down on microphone selection and whether or not you should spend money on a new pair of microphones, that stuff is not going to help you make and record better songs. The most key ingredient in a great sounding song and a great sounding recording is a well-written and well-performed song. Focus your creative brain power on that and use what you have available to record your ideas. And that is really it. To read more about the Recorder Man microphone technique for recording drums and to see some pictures of the setup and the measurement method and even hear some sound examples of what this setup should sound like, go to johnstenson.com, scroll down to the Recording Drums 101 graphic, click or tap that, and you will see the resource page for this microphone setup, uh, along with a whole bunch of other setups and recording material for recording drums that sound great, all without taking you out of your creative flow. And while on that page, make sure you do sign up for my email list to get tons more simple tips for making great recordings and production advice and mixing advice and songwriting advice and even advice on how to reach your peak creative potential. And lastly, if you're looking to make a record or even have someone mix some music that you just finished recording, make sure you reach out and talk to me about your project. My more than 10 plus years in the studio working with visionaries of all levels, has shaped my expertise into a very valuable studio skill set and creative philosophy that brings out the best in your artistic vision. So jump over to my contact page at johnstenson.com contact. Remember, there's no H in John. And let's begin discussing your vision for your music. All right, you modern recordists, get out there and make some music. And make sure you get subscribed and stay subscribed to The Modern Recordist. The two main ways you do that is by A, getting signed up on my email list at johnstenson.com, and B, going over to iTunes, searching for The Modern Recordist, and clicking or tapping the little subscribe button there. While on iTunes, make sure you leave a rating and review as well. Good and honest ratings and reviews. Clue people into the value this podcast brings to you and make sure 
that we're able to keep bringing on great guests and producing great episodes that you find informative and fun. And lastly, make sure you share this podcast with some friends and let them know how much you're enjoying it. Go ahead and drop a link in a text message or an email or a tweet or a Facebook post. And you can even tap the little share button that's in your podcasting app and get it out there. Share it with some people. Let them know about what, what, uh, what you're finding valuable. Okay, that's it for this week. There's more for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your life of an extraordinary artistic visionary and create something impactful in the world.